0: You're listening to Ed Curation, the podcast where teachers talk curriculum. We make it easier for educators to find the resources they need to create fresh, lively, and authentic learning. I'm excited to welcome John Damaso to the show. John is an English teacher at Brophy College Preparatory High School in Phoenix, Arizona, and he's here today to talk about membeam. Welcome, John.
1: Thank you for having me on the show.
0: So tell our listeners a little bit about your teaching life, like how long have you been teaching, a little bit about Brophy, what are the students like that you teach, et cetera?
1: Sure thing. So this will, in the fall, be my 16th year teaching at Brophy. It's an all-boys Jesuit Catholic High School in Phoenix, Arizona, in the desert. Our student body is kind of representative of Maricopa County. And while a teacher here. I've taught all levels of English, English 1, 2, AP English Language, and I've also taught Latin, and I currently teach a contemporary cinema class here as well. So that's been my teaching life the last four or five years, mostly AP English and a cinema class.
0: That's interesting. What got you into the contemporary cinema?
1: I think just... Yeah, I love of movies and I saw an opportunity to group movies together into units that were germane to teenage boys growing up in Phoenix. So this last year we did three units. It's in the art department, not even in the English department, and we did a unit on movies about artists and then a movies about adolescence and growing up and then a third unit about what I call facing the world, so what students might call adulting, but the issues of their
0: future. That sounds like an interesting class. So this one's only a year old and you spend most of your time teaching English. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that course is only one of my teaching periods per day, but I primarily teach English here, yes.
0: Fantastic. Talk a little bit about what keeps you coming back to the classroom for 16 years total.
1: Yeah, I think it's the learning part. We call it teaching, but honestly, I learn way more about the books we read by having the opportunity to read them in community with young people. And I also get to learn quite a lot about teaching by being with such amazing colleagues. So I always talk about the five minutes in the passing period time when I step in the hallway and catch up with my colleagues, how much I learn about life and teaching and pedagogy from them. I love that opportunity to do a great deal of immediate deployment of ideas and tools that I come across where I can immediately vet them in the classroom with the help of my students. I love discussing the world as it develops in front of my students' eyes to to get their takes on things local and global. And probably somewhat selfishly, I love the access I have to the evolving language that I witness in the classroom Teenagers are often at the vanguard of of linguistic innovation, so it's really neat for me to hear how the language is changing via the next generation. So those are main reasons, and I also love the fact that in the summer I get to read all those books that pile up during the year that I don't get to read.
0: I love that you mentioned the teenagers' evolving language and their linguistic innovation. I remember learning at Santa Clara University, actually, about how language evolves. I was probably 19 and it was shocking to me. It was the first time I realized like, oh, you know, language isn't static, right? It's a constantly evolving life to itself. And so tell our listeners about some recent interesting linguistic innovation that you hear the teenagers using.
1: Hmm. That's a challenging one because the moment adults talk about it, It ceases to have (laughs) like cultural cachet or relevance with the students. So I can kill a word
0: Uh in
1: my classroom. And I'm always asking them to bring me the latest and greatest. And that usually is a failure in terms of data collection. You often just have to be a great listener, kind of like Henry Higgins, and and just be a fly on the wall. And unfortunately, nothing's coming to mind. I have summer brain at the moment, but.
0: No, you don't have summer brain. No, I think that was well said. I think that's well said. You're right. That language needs to stay with the young people and (laughs) the rest of us just need to honor their space. That's great. So getting to the point of the podcast, you're here to talk about one of your favorite curriculum tools, I guess, or resources, MEMBing. Tell us a little bit about it.
1: Sure. The first thing I'll say is the spelling of it. Uh, which is M-E-M-B-E-A-N, like the first part of memory and the word bean, like what grows into a plant or a tree. There are some colleagues to this day in my department that pronounce it membeam, like uh, laser beam. And I can see the students wince whenever their teachers say that, but it's membean.com. And all the iconography on this site is all about kind of flourishing plants and trees and growing beans into larger life forms. And I think that's how they view this vocabulary tool. But I learned about it because I was frustrated with teaching vocabulary through flashcards and vocabulary books, even trying to enhance student vocabulary through the contextual study of words through the novels that we read. I just didn't find any of it sufficient and it wasn't sticky enough. I couldn't get long-term results out of the way we were teaching vocabulary. But I've been so impressed the last five, six years, I forget which it is now, by the effectiveness, the evolution of Membean, which is a vocabulary training software that's tailored to each student individually. So some years ago in a summer like this one, I Googled, I don't remember the strand, but it was something like new ways of teaching English vocabulary. And I found Membean and I just thought it was an established large educational technology company But in retrospect, I learned that we were one of the first schools to sign up with Membean. And it's a company of about eight to 10 people based outside of Portland, Oregon, and Beaverton, I believe. And it's been interesting doing a pilot first with one of my class periods of Honors English two at the time. And then the next semester, rolling that pilot out to all of my class periods. And then a year later, rolling it out to, I think, two or three other teachers. And then the year after that, deciding that this was an important resource. And as part of our curricular redevelopment, we deployed it in, at that time, English 1 and English 2 classes. And now it runs all the way through the end of junior year. So students have an opportunity, depending on their pace and level, to learn as much as they want that Membean has to offer in the high school package, which is about 2,100 words. How does it work? Sure. So when students log in the first time, they'll join a teacher's class and they'll be prompted to do a diagnostic. And the diagnostic is deceivingly simplistic. It shows students words in quick succession, and if the student thinks that he knows that word, he or she will click, I know this. And if they don't know it, look like they don't know it. But mixed in are some nonsense words that kind of look like they could be English words. So through doing this 20-minute diagnostic, Membean puts each student at a particular level, and in the high school, program, there are six levels. And once a student begins training in his or her level, they're presented with a Word page. And the Word page has something like eight or nine different kind of sub windows where students can learn more about the words. So they can look at the word in the context of real periodical articles taken, you know, from Sports Illustrated, Washington Post, the Times, etc. And then there's another kind of pod where they can look at what's called a word constellation to see how that word relates in meaning, both as an antonym or a synonym to other words. They can watch a sample video that has the word in context, but they're not produced, they're curated. So you might have a clip from Star Wars and a word from their training is used in that clip. There's usually a giant image that is supposed to work as a mnemonic device as well to solidify the memory of that word. Uh, What am I forgetting? There's a little quiz question. There's a short version of a definition. But unlike a flashcard, which is pretty static and you have a part of speech and a definition, this goes into a word in many different ways. And Membean encourages students to move quickly and not to examine every single aspect of the word page because they want you to forget uh, the research that they've done shows that in order for students to have long-term memory of these words, they have to forget them as part of the training over the years that they use the product. And I believe that's true because I'm a user uh, of the product as well as a teacher who deploys it. So that's the training. And you know, what's nice is we can, on the backside as teachers, see training reports for every student, no matter what level he or she is training at, we can see how many minutes they train, how many seconds they spent on each new word or each question that they encountered in between the word pages. We can see in what areas they're struggling. And then whenever a teacher wants, they can deploy a quiz. And every student's quiz is different because they're all training potentially on different words depending on their diagnosed level. And all those results, of course, are easily accessible and shareable with students or put into the gradebook. So those are just some of the features. There are others, but I'll start with those.
0: That sounds really exciting. So in high school, they have 2,100 words, did you say?
1: They're in the six levels, and you can see them on a single page on their website, but in six levels, there's, I think, just over 2,100 high school level words that they've selected. And they've selected them, I think, based on scrutiny of PSAT, SAT, ACT, some of the AP English exams, like Language and Literature, to see what kinds of words are the ones that they may encounter more in college-level reading texts. And so that's where that corpus of words comes from. But then students who, after the diagnostic, enter, for example, level three, they'll work through level three, four, five, and six, potentially. And then they'll be shuttled back through levels one and two. What's nice is when a student is presented a new word, if they know the word, they just say, I know this word, and it goes away. If they don't know the word, then it enters into their training. So students oftentimes with flashcards at a stack of 20, they may only be learning five words because 15 of them they have some you know, knowledge of. This allows students to get to those words they don't know yet, which I think is a way to take a 2100 word flashcard box and trim it in a customized way for each student.
0: And so do you have your students do this during class time or at home?
1: Uh, in my classroom, I try to give them time every week for 15 or 20 minutes to do some training. Department wide, it varies by teacher. Uh, we have decided as a department that the honors and AP classes do 60 minutes of training per week. Based on Membean's research, we like them to spread that out over three or four days, as opposed to you know 60 minutes on Sunday night at 11:29. So yeah, I think it's important for them to be in community doing it, since they often are studying different words it is cool to give them a chance to pause in class do training and then afterwards I usually have them do a share where they're sharing across their table the words that they're encountering you know teach the guys at your table a word that really challenged you this week and they may have seen it or they may not have depending on their levels and then during class when they're training i'm also training and i project my training on the board so they can see me get questions wrong me struggle with more challenging words. I think that's really important if I were coaching teachers on using this product is you can't just deploy it and never use it. That's true for all the ed tech that
0: I do. I always use it alongside the students. Wow. I wish I had had that when I was a middle and high school English teacher. It sounds so much more powerful than any vocabulary work that I had been introduced to at the time. So what do you think you've been able to achieve using Membean that you wouldn't have been able to achieve otherwise?
1: I think the most obvious is differentiation. uh, The fact that they all take diagnostics and land in different levels their freshman year, and then they carry Membean with them, which is one of the only kind of curricular strings that goes through their whole time at Brophy, but they carry that to sophomore and junior year as they accelerate and get to higher levels. But differentiating, I have students that, that don't need you know, level one or level two words because they've already mastered those. And this product is a lot about mastery. And that's, I think, another element I've been able to achieve with Membean is it's not learning for a quiz. It's really learning for use in their writing. And by having an iterative process where they forget words and then relearn them, I think that leads to the long-term learning. I would also say motivation is something that I've been able to achieve. It's not quite gamified and it's not quite competitive. But students are aware that there are a lot of words out there ahead of them and they can get them if they want to. I have sort of incentivized a little bit with contests and that sort of thing, which I can talk about later in the interview. And then a final item is tracking how students are learning. Like I said earlier, with the timeline of each of their training sessions, I can see how many words they're encountering, how many training questions they got right or wrong, how much time they're spending, if they're speeding through it. And for some students, that's the best way. And that goes back to differentiation. And for others, they need to plod more slowly through the training sessions.
0: How have you used that sort of data on that dashboard or that reporting for students Mm -hmm. specifically?
1: Yeah, there's like the macro way is to make sure the product is working overall. And as a department chair, I'm usually looking at reports for the whole school as well. And then on the micro level, it's usually intervention. So I will ask a student to speak with me. And I, I usually lead with the question, how's Membean going? And that usually opens a door to, you know, I've been multitasking and I know I shouldn't, and I'm not learning as well because I have too many distractions. So the data helps me have those conversations with students. And on the rare occasion, a student who's kind of willfully trying to undermine the software, but I'm very grateful for the reporting tools that I get through the dashboard.
0: Let's go back to something you mentioned about creating contests. This is interesting the way that you're explaining that even though it's not really a game in the sense of other learning games that we see uh, technology creating, but there is this like massive body of vocabulary that they know that they can get through six levels to master. And so you motivate that even further with some contests. Tell us about that.
1: Sure. So usually I do it like on the quarter, sometimes for a semester, but I'll ask the students to help me design a contest. And there are many metrics we could use to measure within Membean, time spent, number of new words encountered, correct questions, percentage accuracy. So usually they enter into a negotiation with each other about what's the best measure, and then they pick one, and then we talk about what could the prizes be. And Membean's been very generous with me in supplying T-shirts and buttons and bookmarks they have a really cool line of bookmarks that are from some of the great works of literature. And then on the bookmark, it lists every single Membean word that appears in that novel. So for example, whatever, Scarlet Letter or Huckleberry Finn or Fahrenheit 451. And if we teach that book, it's really cool for students to have that bookmark of every word that appears in that novel. And then in addition, one year, you know, we were just spitballing with Membean because they are extremely accessible how cool would it be to have a little knit cap called a Membini, and then they produce them. Uh. Yeah, and then that became something they sold in their store, and also probably one of the most sought-after kind of Membean swag items that I use in the contest as prizes. So that's primarily how we do it, and then I had the school dean approve the Membean t-shirt as a shirt they could wear on campus. With teenagers, I think some of that is viewed as cheesy, and sometimes it's viewed as kind of cool, too. So... I've done that. And then this last year, in an effort to declutter my classroom, I put as prizes anything that they could carry out of my classroom uh, <laughs> for the top five men being winners in each class period. And that was really good for me. <laughs> and I realized that they had sort of fetishized some of the things in the classroom that they really wanted. And then you hear Scuttlebutt and I'm talking about it in the hallways. And whenever they're talking in the hallways about something curricularly related, it's a win for me. So. That's how I think the competitive aspect has worked.
0: I love how you work with the students to negotiate the metrics by which the competition will be based. It reminds me of when I learned to work with students to design co-created rubrics, which I used to do before I assign a writing assignment, but work with students to kind of figure out, well, what will this particular essay or story or poem have if it's an A? Piece of writing that's different from a B. And it's amazing how much buy in you get when they get to set the markers, right? For what is success. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Does it change by class or year to year? Is there one metric that they tend to go with more? Is it how much time people are spending or how much they're getting right or what is it?
1: It has changed year to year. For my sake, I have all the classes sort of aggregate their opinions and then I relay that back to them. But it's now become a formula like, I think the last semester was time spent times accuracy so that it rewards both people who spend a lot of time with the program, but also people who are invested in singular focus on Membean and getting more questions right. And then in years past, I think it was some other combination like new words, seen. You know, there's always loopholes they figure out and then they try to close those loopholes in the, the next iteration of the contest.
0: Yeah. Using Membean over all these years, do you think it's made you a better teacher?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think anytime students can see me experiment with something, ask for their feedback, relay that feedback to the developers, and then have meaningful change in the features available, anytime they can see that, that sort of feedback loop, I think that makes me a better teacher and makes them appreciate the learning that they're doing. I mention that because Membean has been great with our school especially of fielding our questions and listening to our feedback and then making usually, you know, within a month or months, meaningful change to the way that the software works. You know, in the time Have you impacted some of it had to do with even the way the code was written. So if a student was idle on a page for more than a certain number of minutes, that got marked as what we called sandbagging. And then that is now part of the reporting that a teacher gets in the dashboard. So that was one. The addition of some writing assignments that you can do within Membean. You know, there's training. That's the kind of like the bread and butter of the product. But teachers can deploy quizzes and also writing assignments. The writing assignments are kind of cool. They throw a word that a student has trained on and the student could say, nah, I don't want to write about that word. And I'll throw another word at them. And then it will give them a sentence using the word above and below an empty field. And then they have to kind of fill in the empty field in between two illustrative sentences, basically writing a silly story or connecting that first sentence and that last sentence, showing mastery of that word's usage. And then the teacher gets to you know, go through and read those and see how the students are using the word in context. So we had told Membeen, we love the training, but at some point we want students producing, actually using the words. So they they gave us a way to do that right within the software. And then of course good teachers will then have students use those membean words in writing assignments, whether it's a you know a rubric item, you must use five words masterfully or whether it just comes out of word out of student writing naturally, which is what I've seen. And one of my students, he heard me one day lament the lack of the ability to easily see which words in a body of text were Membean words. He overnight wrote a script and now we have a website um, hosted on Brophy servers called membeancounter.brophyprep.org where students can just paste in a body of text and hit enter and it will highlight every word by level that is a Membean word and then put them into lists to say, oh, you use six words from level three. Here they are. Here's the five words you use from level four, and so forth. So a lot of students are finding that these memory words are coming out of them innately as they are writing, especially in a timed, quick-write environment in the classroom. And I think that's great evidence that the words are sticking.
0: For sure. We don't want to improve our vocabulary to be able to answer quiz questions only at the end of the week, right? It's all about can they use the automaticity, right? Can they use them automatically in their language themselves? Have you learned any particular teaching skills, do you think, by using this curriculum?
1: I don't know if this is a skill or a self-awareness as a teacher, but I learned to let go. You know, The fact that students are training on vastly different word sets could probably terrify a teacher because they Mm -hmm. don't have a stranglehold over Mm -hmm. the curriculum. So letting go and realizing that not about my teaching. It's about their learning. I don't know if that's a skill, but that's an awareness that men being in other programs like it have helped me learn.
0: I think knowing that there are times to let go of control is an awareness, but actually doing it is a skill <laughs> that sometimes we know we need to let go more and give students more choice or more freedoms to increase their motivation and engagement and all of that. But sometimes we still struggle to actually do it. And what's interesting to hear you say that is that a lot of the people who have been talking to me about their favorite curriculum on this podcast name the same skill <laughs> as what they learn from these uh. more innovative curriculums that you know that curriculum developers are developing things that are more student centered and you know in the old way of teaching when we had to come up with everything ourselves and didn't have as many resources just had a teacher's textbook or something I think that there was a more of a tendency and just traditionally with the way education has come down through the millennia, right? We've been learning yeah. from others that all educators are working on this idea of letting go more and making things more student-centered. And now our products are helping us do that, which is, is exciting as well.
1: I think mean, the skills learned in all of this are the students' skills. Like, I don't know about my own skills. I think that's what's more important is that Students are learning how to, you know, schedule their time in the week to do their Membean training. They're learning how to interact professionally with ed tech professionals by providing feedback um, to the developers. There's a feedback box on the main page of the student dashboard. So students will point out typos. Students will make feature requests. Wouldn't it be cool if you could do X? And companies of this size, like, they don't have resources for... Giant quality assurance departments. So, having the actual customer do it is really smart for them, but it also provides, I think, buy in. So, that's why I mentioned the Membean counter that, that my student developed. And I think part of that comes from observing not a giant megalith company, but a small company who's responsive to the customer. I feel like that really lights up my students and they can see themselves developing products that way.
0: So, you think they like it? They like Membean.
1: I hesitate to just say categorically, yes. The best people to ask, of course, are the students. I think if you ask them after lunch when they're all together, that's probably not a good time to ask them. <laughs> but, you know, I've asked them in year-end surveys whether membean should be required for all students. It's usually 98 to 100% say yes, it should be required for all students. So to me, that's buy-in. And then anecdotally, I can hear through their parents, like at parent-teacher conferences, that the parents know what Membean is. Whenever that happens, that's that stickiness I mentioned earlier. I think that amounts to students like you.
0: So, John, can you share any particular stories or successes or one story or success of a particular student that's really been able to achieve using Membean? Sure. I think it's
1: a curricular win when students go beyond your expectation. And I recall probably three years ago, at the end of the year, students were telling me that they were playing a game in the second semester that I didn't know about. And the game was who could slip membean words into class discussion when we were talking about, you know, contemporary life or literature or poetry, whatever we were studying that day. And they had a scorekeeper who would maintain <laughs> an, in a notebook with little hash marks. And then they were able to. Surreptitiously drop membean words in. And for me, that is a success story like no other because that's students thinking that they're having fun, they're being competitive, they're showing mastery, they're applying what they know. And I don't think that was just the students who had proceeded through level six, that all students could kind of interact. And maybe they'd have to call attention to the fact that they were using a membean word somehow to get the point tallied by the scorekeeper. But I really liked that story when they shared it with me.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. It seems very, I don't know, culturally appropriate too, right? It just seems like something that I would have seen at Santa Clara University or other attendees of Jesuit schools. I can just picture that. So what teachers would you recommend check this out?
1: I would say teachers currently of English. There's potential that Nambin could expand to other languages, but teachers of English who want to improve the use of vocabulary by students in their writing. I'd say that's the primary teacher that I would recommend. They have modules for middle school. I can't say for sure if they have modules for younger students than middle school, but they have a middle school, a middle school slash high school package. The one we have is for high school. They also have test prep packages, I believe, for GRE even. So there's different word sets depending on the learner. I think that would satisfy a lot of teachers out there looking.
0: Is there anything you'd like to say? It sounds like you've already been in communication with the folks at Membean, yeah. but anything else you'd like to say to them?
1: No, I mean, they hear it from me. Whenever there's a question or a suggestion, their channels of communication are wide open. Even their editor-in-chief, who kind of handles the lexicographical aspect of Membean, all the way up to the CEO. I have great working relationships via email and phone with them. So they've heard it. And I've even pitched to them the idea of um, kind of a Membean internship for students over the summer to do some testing and I don't think that's happened yet, but that just kind of speaks to the openness of the lines of communication, which I don't think I'd get with other larger ed tech companies.
0: So it sounds like vocabulary instruction in your classroom and at Brophy overall is really dialed in. Is there another curriculum resource that on the horizon that you all are looking for? Is there something else that is missing that you wish You can get your hands on?
1: The short answer is writing feedback. Writing feedback is the holy grail for English teachers. How to do it quickly, how to do it instantaneously for all 135 students you have. That's the resource I'm looking for. And we've tried lots of things. There's something called Read and Write. We've even used the Grade Network. There are other products through Turnitin that offer feedback on writing, but there's really nothing better than the one on one conference between two human beings about the work that students are producing any kind of curriculum resource that would help in the delivery of quick and actionable writing feedback would be what I'm looking for.
0: Makes sense. Well, I will keep my eyes posted and my ears open as I talk to more and more people and attend more and more conferences and learn about more products. And hopefully Ed Curation can find something for you that can help with the delivery of quick and actionable feedback for students writing. Great. Yeah. Yeah. John, it's been a pleasure. I'm so excited to meet you and to learn about Membean, And I'm certain that there are English teachers all over this country that are going to be very excited to learn about this. So thanks for taking the time to share it with us today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for the invitation. I enjoyed it quite a bit.
0: Thank you for listening to Ed Curation. We hope you learned something today about a curriculum resource that produces fresh, lively, and authentic learning. Check out EdCuration.com to find out more. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N.com.